This is Equestrian Legacy Radio. She said, I can do that. It wouldn't take nothing but a whole lot of heart. Iron will and gumption, I'll just use what the good Lord gave me. So don't call me honey. Don't, don't call me baby. Legacy Radio, and I'm your host, Gary Holt. If you could have a dream show, we have one today. We have two legendary entertainers with us. Belinda Gale is joining us today. Don Edwards will be with us today. And we have writer-author Dutch Henry that will be joining us on Equestrian Legacy Radio. When we come back, we'll be talking with Belinda Gale. Up each on their pet, dips in 
to an evening of glittering stars Slapped her dusty old hat on her leg She's a cowgirl Generations of life handed down Just like her mother and her mother before her She steadfastly standing her ground Cause she Before her, yet a smile plays on her pretty face. Skin hints of leather, she's strong and she's lean. Yet moves with a smooth, supple grace. She's a cowgirl, generations of life handed down. Just like her mother and her mother before her. Steadfastly standing her ground Cause she's a cowgirl To this life and this land She is found She came from the city Blew in like the wind When ranch flies through rust He blew out again But the treasure God gave them She clung to her breast Small baby girl, daughter of the West. Now they work the cattle and they love their horses and the land that's wrapped around their souls. She sees that passion in the eyes of her daughter, knows for her she must never let go. Like her mother and her mother before her She steadfastly standing her ground Cause she's a cowgirl To this life and this land She is bound She is a cowgirl She'll do what she has to do That's Belinda Gales. She's a cowgirl, and we are so happy to have joining us today, Belinda Gale. Belinda has been called America's Western Sweetheart. American Cowboy Magazine listed her as one of the top 50 country and Western entertainers of all time. She's a seven-time Western Music Association Female Performer of the Year, as well as two-time Academy of Western Artist Female Vocalist of the Year and also Album of the Year with the Academy of Western Artists. And Belinda, welcome to the show. Wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Well, we're just so happy that you could join us today. And uh, we want to let our audience know that you're joining us from the airport and are on your way to Nashville, Tennessee. So we're so happy that you could take time to uh, to join us. 
And I hope that you don't get a gate call before we get through talking. I, I, I hope I don't either. I don't. I think we've allowed enough time. I think we're going to be good, but you never know. There might be some PA activity in the background, but other than that, I think we're going to be good. Well, that's okay. This is live radio. Well, you know we have. It really is, and and uh, and our audience understands that. Uh, Belinda, you know we have listeners in about forty-five different countries as well as across the U.S. And uh, we want to introduce you, I think, probably to some of our audience that may be listening from outside of the country. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your beginning? As uh, And I know you've ridden horses, a little bit about your horseback ground and growing up, and and then maybe how you got into music. Sure. And uh, first of all, you know, thank you very much for having me on, and it's very exciting that this goes into so many countries. That's, uh, that's thrilling, and I feel very honored to be on your show. Um I grew up on small ranches in uh, California and Nevada, and um, as, as it, uh, in my late teens, we ended up moving into town, which happens a lot when you're in ranching, and been in, in town pretty much the rest of my, my adult life. But um, heavy experience with ranching and, and horses when I was growing up as a kid, and, and it's a wonderful way to grow up. I wish all children could grow up that way. It just instills wonderful values and work ethics. and pretty cool um and my music was always a part of our lives my mother was very musical and had a beautiful singing voice and that's how she kept us entertained was that teach us songs and we would all sing together as a family and and so music was just always a part of my life um started singing in front of people in church like so many artists do and then that kind of sprung into a country singing um I would say an avocation because by that time I had three children and I was not interested in going on the road and leaving my children behind. And so I would sing in little casual bands around close um, so that I could raise my children and be a mom. And when my youngest was a junior in high school and looking at heading off to college, I had an opportunity to to um, sign with a management company and start doing some country. And that was fun. And we were having fun kind of growing that. And then, figured out that according to the record labels, I was too old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> but I still loved what I was doing. But then I had the opportunity um, shortly thereafter to meet um, Patsy Montana, who was a member of the, a long member of the, when it was the Academy of Country and Western Music. And, um, she had the first million uh, dollar recording for a woman, a million selling recording for a woman in country western music in 1935 with her signature song, I Want to Be a Cowboy Sweetheart. And I had learned that just to see if I could yodel. And so I was, um, through that song, was introduced to her and through her mentoring and friendship, decided to switch from country to western. And wow. I've been, that was in 1995, and I've been doing it ever since and loving every minute of it. Well, uh, the label's loss was our gain, I think, because we abs- <laughs> we absolutely love your music, and um, you know, as you as you're telling that story, um, we had Mary Kay on the show a, yes. few, a few months ago, and Mary Kay waited until she, she of course she has ten children, and she waited yes. she waited until just a few years ago to get started, and has, and has done tremendously well. Um, yes, but. Did you did you ever venture into Nashville? Did you come to the Nashville music scene? Because a lot of people did that. Um, 
or did you take a I different did, path? I did not. I well, I did not come to, to Nashville. In fact, when I was when I found out that I was too old, I was actually the management company that I was working with um, had connections, and we were actually in conversations with Sony Records for a, a contract, and they were very very interested and. And we were, you know, talking about when I could fly out, when they could meet me and see me in person and see me perform and fly. And so we were, you know, talking about all of that. And I guess it never had come up prior to that in the conversation. And um, I'm blessed with pretty good genes. So I look about 10 years younger than I am. And uh-huh. um, which the older I get, the more I appreciate those genes. <laughs> but um, at the time, they thought I was they thought I was ten years younger than I was, and, and for some reason, at some at some point, someone asked how old I actually was, and my management company was very honest about it, which I was proud of them because that, that's the way I roll. So I, I'm glad they did that. Um, but when they found out how old I was, which was 38 at the time, everything came to a screeching halt, and there was wow. no more negotiations. Everything went away. So that was wow. so I never did make it to Nashville and I I don't think Nashville even really appreciates what's going on with Western. They they have, you know, Gene Autry and Roy Rogers stuck in their heads and they think that's all that's wonderful, incredible music and it's our roots and we love it and we embrace it and we we share it and keep it alive. But Western music today is so much more than all of that. So um I sing primarily east of the Mississippi and up into Canada and all over the the west. I mean, west of the Mississippi, all over the western United States, and venture east now and again, like you know, like I'm going to be this weekend, and and love doing it. It's it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful genre. I'm so glad that you're embracing it and sharing it on your show. Well, I appreciate that. We love the music and. Uh... Sometime we'll have to talk about a thought that I have in my mind about putting on something called uh, East of Santa Fe, and uh, oh, we really nice. need to, we really need to introduce more and more people to the Western and the cowboy music. Um, and, and talking about that, uh, you are on the executive board with the Western Music Association. I um, am. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about what WMA is and how that got started. And and what's what the difference is between the uh, WMA and maybe the CMA? Well, the Western Music Association actually we're in our celebrating our 25th year, and it was actually a bunch of um, Western artists, the ones that were still living. You know, the the it was Roy Rogers and you know Gene Autry and um, Rex Allen, and a bunch of them got together and. Um, along with some other ones that were currently you know, younger ones, and created, they, they wanted to keep the genre alive, make sure it didn't just go away. So they created the Western Music Association, and the, the whole focus of it is to is to keep alive not only the Western music, but embrace the culture and the literature also of the West, and keep all of that rolling along and alive and out there, and and bring along new artists and and do as much as we can to help new people coming up and. And we have a, a, a huge convention every year in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the fall, in, the, in November. And uh, that, that's a lot of showcases and, you know, along the, along the lines of, the, you know, the bluegrass and the different ones that have their, their conventions. And there's a lot of promoters that come in to look for acts, for the Western acts and that kind of thing. But it's just Western music is just, I think it's very folky, I think, much more so than what country would be. Um, it's just a complete different thrust of the music. It's very much about the open the open range and, and 
living on the land and with the land and harmony with it. It's about family and God and country and, and all of those things that are sort of the, just for me anyway, the essence and the fabric of, of what is the strength of our country that kind of keeps it all held together. It's very much about all of that. You know, you're not going to find the songs about, you know, you lost your wife and got drunk and, you know, went out and hopped a train or whatever. You know, I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to happen in, in Western music. And the, it, the wonderful thing about it, too, Gary, is that it is attracting such a diverse group of songwriters that while they're keeping true to the, to the basic theme of the music, they're also exploring so many rich facets of it. And so you have the outlaw songs and you have the ranchy songs and you have the cowgirl songs and you have, you know, just and, and you, all the different facets of cowboy, all the different ethnicities that contributed to cowboy and, you, and you're honoring all of those. And, and it's just all about, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. If you're hardworking and you're honest and you're passionate about what you're doing, Hey, you're, you're great, you know? And, and it's, um, it just, keeps all of that promoted and the music is so interesting i think you're discovering that that just the different styles are so different and it makes me think of country a long time ago when you could immediately start hearing a song and immediately know who the who the, the performer was or who the writer That's was right. and and it has that it has that diversity and that uniqueness to all of the different facets and the different songwriters and and so to me it's much more interesting and fascinating to listen to well, and, so and did I and act I've, too much? <laughs> no, no, no. And it's it's really it's kind of interesting because I was getting ready this morning and thinking about the show today. Uh, you know, the the thought was crossing my mind that people that are introduced and to and love the western and the cowboy music are really the uh, grassroots and the hardworking folks of this country that can relate to what the music is about. Um, Maybe for people of a certain uh, age group, it brings back some nostalgia. Um, this week, I discovered uh, a song that Rex Allen Jr. had done, and it was called "Where Have All the Heroes Gone." Yes, and, it's a wonderful uh, it was, song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a great song, and uh, and I actually I shared that with uh, this phenomena that's called Facebook with people, and I mean, it, people were just saying, "Wow." <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yep. so just just great music, but um, it really is. And, and I think the country music today, and this is not to to be negative about country music, but I think it's kind of lost some of its soul. Uh, it it sounds more like everything else, and the western music, <clears throat> excuse me, the western music and cowboy music has kept its purity and and i think it tells it a story that people appreciate it does so, and it's, and it's anyway. nothing against the country artists i think it's the bean counters that are destroying you know or are, are not maybe not destroying but definitely morphing what we think of as country music into something else it's you know it's all about the bottom line and making the money it's not so much about the music it is right. it is for the artists but you know they can only it, I think they put a lot of limits on them and, and, you know, are really involved in what they let them record. And, and so they can't really just blossom and be themselves like country music used to let, let them do. And, and that's unfortunate because there's some incredibly talented people that are out there recording in country music now. If they get, and I just wish they could just cut them loose and let them do what they, what they really can do and not guide them so rigidly. 
And uh, and before we get off the, the WMA, I do want to let your listeners know if they're, if they're interested in that at all, um, they can go to um, westernmusic.org. And um, there's a listing of a lot of artists and a lot of different festivals that feature Western music. It's a good resource if they're wanting to find out more about Western music. It's a good resource to go to. Okay. Well, I would encourage people to do that. Westernmusic.org is the uh, website. And then they also have a page on Facebook (laughs) as well. So uh, some some good resources there. Well, we want to talk some more about what you're doing and uh, uh, your life with Western music. But right now we want to play a song that um, I think just really highlights what we're talking about, and that's a song that you've done called Navajo Trail. And yes. uh, let's, let's take no a listen one. to that. It's a, it's a great song. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk some more with uh, Belinda Gale on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Gail's Navajo Trail, and um, and 
she is at an airport, so we're yes, I am. <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting some announcements in the background, and I opened your yeah, mic up. I think they they probably. just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, we had your we had your mic open for the last twenty seconds or so, so it oh, doesn't it was bleeding it over. Sound, huh? <laughs> it was bleeding over. So you, you know the music doesn't sound like that when you get the CD or the song. It's yeah, it's it does. Not, there's not airport announcements going on on the last note. I promise. That's, that's right. You know, as I'm listening to, the, to that song, Belinda, uh, and, and your voice, you could sing any type of music that you wanted to. I mean, you're, you're oh, just, you just have a great you. voice. Um, what was it that, that, you know, I know that you played with the country music a little bit, but what was it that steered you in the direction of the Western music? I mean, you, again, you could have sung any type of music you want to. I mean, you just your voice is great. Well, thank you. I um, I, I'm really glad you asked that question because that was pretty important to me. I, I um, as I researched, um, as I was introduced to Western, reintroduced, I realized I grew up with it as a kid, but I didn't, you know, we didn't separate it out. Then it was country western music. You know, it was all kind of jumbled together, and I really never separated it out as a child when I was growing up. But then when my um, I was introduced to Patsy, and she told me, Patsy Montana, she's the one that encouraged me to start singing Western music, and I was I, I was kind of stunned by that because that's what I thought I was singing, country Western music. And then mm-hmm. she told me Western, and, and she explained to me, you know, kind of what I was talking about, what it's about. And, and so I started investigating not only, and I realized that the classic Westerns was the Western music that I grew up with, and but then the new the new stuff that was being written, I realized that it more closely reflected my roots, um, my values, what was important to me, what I wanted to sing about, and that I could be very proud of what I was singing about, whether my you know my grandchildren or my grandmother was sitting in the audience. I wouldn't have to you know be embarrassed at the, at the least about what I was the content of, of what I was singing about. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I love the acoustic. I love that it's it's more organic to me, um, and it's just and I love that your voice is just out there. I mean, it's it's you can't disguise it with a lot of extra stuff. You know, the performances are real and they're authentic, and that really appealed to me. Well, and and you know, you're you're one of the singers, one of the performers that don't need to have the uh, musical instruments cover their voice up. You know, I think some people, it's more about the instruments than it is the the vocals that come along. So that's that's a huge... That depends. Yeah, it can be, you know, and some people are, you know, they're very passionate about their music, but maybe the Lord just hasn't blessed them with quite the voice that they would, you know, would like to have. And they work at it and they can only take it so far, so they fill in more with with instruments. And that's a a wonderful, different sound. And that's great, Mm -hmm. too. Well, and and we can appreciate all types of music, and and we yes. do. Yes. Um, um, but anyway, love love this music. You um, you have a new CD that's coming out, and and what is that one? Um, it's called Granite Mountain, and it's uh, taken from the title song that I wrote about the mountain that looms straight up out of my backyard. I live in Prescott, Arizona now, and uh, I just. You look at that thing every morning, and you just every day, and when you're home, and you just like that. It just needs a song, <laughs> so I wrote it one. Um, but uh, this is my first album in like six years because I went through kind of a 
a, a challenging spell in my life when my um, husband passed away suddenly in 2008 and then my singing partner of nine years passed away 18 months later. And it kind of took me a little while to get my feet back under me and get get um, get settled and back on course. And the Lord brought a wonderful man into my life, and I'm remarried now and, and happy and on course. And, and uh, it was time. It was time for me to... To, to present the new and improved <laughs> Belinda Gale to the world. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, I'm 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 looking forward to the uh, I'm looking forward to the to the CD being released, and and of course we have Granite Mountain that we're going to play in just a minute. And, yes. and by the way, uh, Bob is a great guy. I've enjoyed communicating with him, and so he is you know, a great guy. I I'm a little biased, but I don't think that I'm alone in that opinion. My my husband is a wonderful man, and and I tell you what, to um, as a as a performer, if your spouse is not like 200% on board and behind you and solidly in your corner and supporting what you're doing, it makes your life miserable. And um, he is, I think he's more on fire about my career than I am sometimes. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty wonderful to have someone like that in my corner be so supportive and it makes my life so much easier and more pleasant. So I, I do not take that one bit for granted. I'm very grateful. Well, God blesses us in a lot of ways. And, yes, uh, he does. And so we're grateful for that. We want to play Granite Mountain. When we come back, we're going to talk some more. You've got some performances that are coming up and we want to talk about those. And again, Great. we're talking with Belinda Gale, and you're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. And this is the cover song from her new CD released in March called Granite Mountain. We'll be right back. It rises up from the valley floor, covered with rocks and so much more. Lurk between the junipers and boulders. Mountain lion, prickly pear, there is danger, beware. And don't forget to look back over your shoulder. I kept sneaking.
Prescott Town's not far away, but it can't help you if you stay too long on the mountain in the weather. It can change upon a dime and it will catch you every time. Snow and winter monsoons in the summer. CD that will be released in March, and I can't wait to get that CD. Well, you you know you will get it hot off the presses, Gary. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we're really excited. We talked about a little bit earlier, Belinda, that you you know primarily are performing west of the Mississippi, but uh, we're kind of in luck back here east of the Mississippi because you've got a couple of performances uh, that are coming up right here in Nashville, Tennessee. and uh, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Tell, the first one is tomorrow night. And, yeah, uh, this, is, this is arranged by my friend Templeton Thompson put that together. Well, Templeton is a sweetheart, and uh, I know you're going to have a ball with her, but this is going to be at Puckett's in Leaper's Fork, uh, just outside of Nashville, and uh, it's a beautiful little hamlet and village of Leaper's Fork. So it's a great community, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Tell us about what you and and Templeton are doing. Well, we're going to be opening for a bit change. It was one one guy, and now it's somebody with the last name of Ball, and I was, it's just recently changed, so I'm not. Sh- I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't say who it is, but it's on. It's online. Um, but Templeton and I talked about how fun it would be to do some sh- a show together or some shows together and say country and western back together again, just you know, kind of tongue in cheek. <clears throat> and so that's what uh, what we're going to do. We're going to open for him, and and she's going to do her thing, and I'm going to do my thing, and kind of see how it works, and just have fun. Well, it should be a great show, and I'm going to encourage people that uh, are listening to go to Puckets.com. Uh, you can find them on the uh, on the Internet. Go to their website, pre-order your tickets for the show, 
because I'm pretty sure this thing is going to be a sellout, and it's going to be a great opportunity for folks to to get to meet you and listen to your music. And uh, Aww, Temp- thank you. Temp- Tempe's just a lot of fun with her husband Sam, and and yep. um, so it should be a great night tomorrow night at Puckett's at Leaper's Fork, and then you also are doing a private uh, uh, event uh, in White House, Tennessee. And can you share well, anything it's, it's about semi, that? It's semi-private. It's 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 basically a house concert, but it's gonna it's gonna be a barn concert. And I don't know if your listeners are familiar with house concerts, but. It, Artists typically when they're, I mean, when you're an independent artist like most of us are who do Western music and we're traveling from point A to point B, um, friends and family and fans will um, we, we'll stay over with them and they will host what they call a house concert and it's a pretty nominal fee and people get a private concert in their home, you know, usually it's 30 to 50 people and sometimes less, sometimes more and and just kind of make a party out of it and they have a 90-minute private concert. But house concerts are open to the public. It's not just, um, you say private, but it feels private. But um, definitely there's information on my website, and I think you said you posted some things on the Facebook page as well. Um, Anybody can go to this. They they don't have to even know the host. Um, They they just give them a call and say we're coming, and they'll give them directions and come on. Okay. It's going to be fun. I think that that's, I mean, that's a great way to do that because, you know, you're personal and up close, and you can really enjoy uh, in a, a more intimate setting, the music. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and be a lot I think you tell more stories and you get into more You get into more with your audience and you can interact with them so close and one-on-one. It's really wonderful. Okay. So if anybody knows these folks, this is going to be at the home of Denise and Scott Sanders in White yep. House, Tennessee. And yep. if you go to Facebook to Equestrian Legacy Radio, uh, be sure and like our page if you go and visit. Uh, we love people to like our page. But on Equestrian Legacy Radio on Facebook, we have a poster that is uh, listed with all of the information and uh, uh, directions. And you can go ahead and make your reservations there, I think, by calling or, or emailing Tempe Tom- Templeton Thompson. Uh, so two great opportunities that are coming up right now to enjoy the music of Belinda Gale and get to meet her. And that's at Puckett's in Leaper's Fork, just outside of Nashville. And also for the house concert in White House, Tennessee. And uh, I'm going to encourage people to do that. Um, We want to play another one of your songs, and that's called Below the Old Kenny Rim. And, uh, And I think you're going to be able to stay with us a little bit. We have one just, of my just favorite. Just a little bit, yep, yep. Yeah, we, we have one of we have one of our favorite people that is going to be joining us after this song, and that's the legendary Don Edwards. And um, oh yes, I, I told people I've told people before if uh, if I could just pick five people, my wish list to have five people on the show. Uh, two of them are on today, and that's Belinda uh-huh. Gale and Don Edwards. So well, he's, we're gonna he's have, a treasure, so I'm really glad you have him on. We just we just well, all love Don. He's great. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to this song, and then we're gonna come back and talk with Belinda and Don, and we'll talk about another great event that's coming up uh, next week, right here in Tennessee. But you're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, and we're talking with Belinda Gale. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Don Edwards.
say, Sam, do you remember a long time ago when we rode together where the Wyoming winds blow? High on a ridge top, just you and me, we'd watch the wild horses running so free. That was turkey and coffee, about half alkali, and a biscuit or two. We're down on the fly That old Mustang fever sure ran in our veins And it seemed like the devil was holding the reins Now we're chasing old memories Old trails have grown dim Through the cedars and canyons Below the Kinney Ridge When it was just you and me And the Mustangs there in the blue shadows And she's at the airport, so we're listening to all of the announcements that we're making. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. This is this is live radio, and the and the neat thing is is that um, people can be in different parts of the country while we're visiting. So, anyway, well, we're just happy 
as we can be to have Don join us on the show. And uh, Don's been with us before. He is a Grammy-nominated entertainer. He's won the Chester A. Reynolds Award from the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and he's a six-time winner of the Wrangler Award. And uh, also co-star uh, in The Horse Whisperer with Robert Redford, so an actor and a singer and just an all-around great guy. So, Don, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Gary. Nice to be on the show again. Well, love having you on here. And, you know, it's real funny. Uh, the last time that you were on, I mentioned to you that I had watched the Nashville Network, and and you were on that show about a day before you were on the on our show. And this week oh. I was watching the Nashville Network, and lo and behold, yeah. there Don Edwards was again. And I thought, you know, this is just deja vu all over again. But well, they we're, we're so. To it, you know, they were that they, they uh, been on, uh, I guess, three or four different times back when that show was on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, they've they've brought that back now, and so we're, we're it's fun to be able to to catch that show and listen to some of the great music there. But anyway, we want to talk uh, first about another event that's coming up, and you and Belinda are both going to be attending that, and that is the Saddle Up event in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that's coming up uh, next weekend, the 20th through the 22nd, and I believe this is the 14th year for that. And um, Don, can you tell us a little bit about what that is all about? I tell you what, that's a that's a really good little gathering they have over there. And uh, I went to the first, oh gosh, I don't know, three, four, five of them, and uh, then didn't go for a little while. Then I was back there a few years ago and did it again. And I'm excited about being back back there again and uh, having uh, Belinda and so many people. Red Steve is going to be there this year, and uh, gosh, it looks like a great lineup. Well, it looks I'm like I'm looking forward to being on that. It's a, it's a great festival. It really is. It's really Really a neat kind of a deal. Yeah. Belinda, what will be going on up there? Oh, uh, lots and lots of music. And from what I understand, they have, um, it's a real family kind of a situation, so they have activities for the children um, as well. Um, and different locations around town, they'll be having things going on. There's an outdoor tinted event where there's going to be music going on. There's a, 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 a La Conte Center. Um, right. There'll be night shows there. Um, Cowboy Church on Sunday morning. Um, just, I mean, if, if you want some place to take your children and go have a wonderful, wholesome, energized kind of a, of a weekend and just really enjoy and not be worried about what your children are listening to, that is the place to go. And they're having, they do a lot with the Cal Farley's um, Boys Ranch and, and Boys and Girls, I guess, Ranch both and supporting that. And so they have some activities around that. So it's it's going to be a pretty cool weekend. Well, it looks like yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It's it's uh, looking at some of the information. It says that they celebrate everything Western there, and I know there's going to be some <laughs> chuck wagon cook-offs and and some mm-hmm. meals from the chuck wagon. So it should be a great event. And uh, uh, you guys may not know this, but I think they had probably six plus inches of snow up there the last two days. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, I, that, that, that's really something else. Amazing. That, that my, my, my. Yeah, but the weather Tennessee. forecast the weather forecast for uh, Tennessee is into the 50s and 60s next week. So it oh, should really? be a well, – yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it should be a you great should week. Melt Melt that snow off before we have to go sing in that tent, Don. <laughs> that, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. But anyway, well, I would encourage I would encourage any of our listeners that are in Tennessee and in the Carolinas and and uh, Georgia and and anywhere that you know, uh, the Smokies are about a day drive from the majority of the people in the United States. I mean, it's it's. Uh, the Smoky Mountains is the most visited national park in the country, and so wow. it doesn't doesn't take long to get to Pigeon Forge from almost anywhere. And so mm-hmm. we'd encourage people to put that on their calendar and uh, go ahead and get your tickets. You can do that online and show up for the Saddle Up event, and you're going to be privileged to hear Belinda Gale and Don Edwards and Red Stegall and some other great entertainers. Um, a lot of cowboy poetry and some other events that are going on, and, and uh, it's a chance to get your cowboy on uh, here in Tennessee. And so we encourage people, encourage people to do that. So, um, well, well, Gary, I'm going to have to cut out of here because we're going to we need to go get lined up at our gate. So thank you so much for having me on, and Don, I'll see you next week. Well, look forward to seeing you, Belinda. It's uh, great to talk with you, and uh, have a safe trip, and we'll see you next week. Absolutely, and thanks again, Gary, and just wonderful listenership out there. And thanks for supporting this this radio show. We need a lot more like it. Well, thanks, Belinda. Appreciate you taking the time to join us in your in your travel schedule. And so, be safe, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Tennessee. Great, thank you, Gary. Bye, Don. Bye, Belinda. Take care. Bye, bye. Just such a neat lady, Don. I know you guys are going to have a great time this next weekend. And um, uh, we want to take a real quick break. There are a couple of things that uh, we want to introduce folks to that you've done. And uh, we're going to play the last Cowboy song. And when we come back, um, when I listened to that song, Don, it had a lot of meaning in it. And and let's talk a little bit about that when we come back. But right now you're okay, listening to sure, you Legacy. Yeah, we're talking with Don Edwards. And we're going to listen to the last Cowboy song. And we'll be back in just a moment. Well, the country's all shot to pieces now. The range is all gone. The old-time cowboy's gone. The roundups are over, and the old trails are all penned with wire. They say that heaven is a free-range land. Goodbye, goodbye, fare you well. Barbed wire fence is the devil's hat band, and barbed wire blankets down in hell. Goodbye, goodbye, fare you well. The devil's hat band. It sowed the shroud of the old Cattleland. Cut off our freedom. Cut up our horses. Cut up our cows and put a Spanish bid on free enterprise. This is the last cowboy song. The end of a hundred-year waltz Their voices sound sad as they're singing along Another piece of America's loss Now he rides a feedlot And he clerks in a market On weekends selling tobacco 
and his dreams of tomorrow surrounded by fences. He'll dream tonight of when fences weren't here. This is the last cowboy song. It's the end of a hundred year waltz. And their voices sound sad as they're singing along. Another piece of America's lost. Charlie Russell, he showed us. He looked on canvas And old Teddy Blue Told us his tale And us old cowboy singers We all sing about him Wish to God we could Have ridden his trail This is the last cowboy song It's the end of a hundred-year walk And their voices sound sad as they're singing along Another piece of America's lost You know, now the old Chisholm Trail's all covered in concrete And they truck them to market now and 50-foot rigs. They blow by his market and they never even slow down to reason. Just like living and dying is all he ever did. This is the last cowboy song. It's the end of a hundred years. And their voices sound sad as they're singing along Another piece of America's lost This is the last cowboy song And it's the end of a hundred year walks And their voices sound sad as they're singing along Another piece of America's lost This is the last cowboy song Don Edwards in the last cowboy song and uh Don so good to have you back on the show with us again and Well and, thanks Gary you know, nice to be with you I'm, I'm glad your weather has gotten better out in Texas, and, and uh, today we have sunshine here in Tennessee, and it's supposed to get on a warming trend, so it should be a should be a great weekend for folks to come up to Pigeon Forge and, and uh, meet you and listen to your music I'm at sure the Saddle Up that. event. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great event. It really is. It's in, uh, I've always enjoyed going there, a good bunch of folks, and I never thought, of, you know, they'd have a successful cowboy gathering, you know, that far back to the east, you know, but by gosh, there's a lot of fans back there that that uh, really like that, you know, that type of music and everything and the history of it and, the, you know, the whole thing is just uh, just great. I'm glad it's it's gone on so for so long, you know, and it's just wonderful. 
Well, I am too, and I think really if people had more opportunity to get to events like that uh, here in the southeast, they'd show up. I do too. I think so too, because I think a lot of the same fans are back east as they are out west, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's something that, uh, you know, just – it's it's not you know I mean it's not as common let's put it that way you know as as it is out west but uh, I think like you just said if, if more people came to these deals like that just even out of curiosity you can find it's uh, it's something that most folks would like you know it's uh, you know all, pr- pretty much that traditionally based music you know it's uh, uh, like like country used to be you know <laughs> right 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 and we've talked about that before that uh, country music has changed and um... The Western music and the cowboy music is really uh, more Americana. I mean, it really is the folk music of today. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, no question. Yeah. This song, the last cowboy song, really struck home with me. Um, I don't know if you were, if you heard the first part of the show with Belinda. We were talking about uh, a song that Rex Allen Jr. has done called Where Are All the Heroes? And, uh, yes, I've heard that. Yeah, just a just a great song, and, and this song kind of ties in with that, uh, and also with events like are going on in Pigeon Forge next weekend. I think people really are looking for a return to their roots, and to oh, I do too. Uh, the, you know, the the more things get you know get upside down, the more people kind of look back, you know, to uh, good memories they've had on things like that, and it's uh, really. Uh, pretty pretty amazing it really is it really is and talking about amazing events you've just come back from elko nevada for the uh national cowboy uh gathering out there yes, how sir. was that that's that's it was great that was uh it was <laughs> you never know what the weather's going to be like i've been going 28 out of the 30 years that's amazing it's been going on for 30 years i mean that's that's amazing i mean it's just it's uh <laughs> You know, I mean, so much goes on. I mean, boy, you know, just think about 30 years ago. But, oh, uh, yeah. no, it turned out it turned out to be a great gathering, and it was the one that started it all, you know. I mean, it brought about the, uh, you know, Hal Cannon when had a vision of having cowboys reciting poetry and singing old cowboy songs and stuff. And it just, uh, it's an amazing thing how, how it lasted so long, you know. And uh, it's, they still wanted to keep on going, you know. And so I'm, I'm just just tickled to death and uh, glad I was there at the 30th year and uh, actually the weather was warmer there than it was here in Texas <laughs> it's been so warmer. you never know we've yeah, had it warm. 19 below we've had snow we you know everything else you can think of of course you know Nevada in January <laughs> yeah well you know it's kind of amazing they're having the uh, Winter Olympics and, and it's uh, warmer in Russia and Sochi than it is here so that's a yeah, they were they were in their they were in their T shirts, you know, during the ski events yeah. the other day. So snow melting. <laughs> snow melting on them. So it makes it kinda of tough. Uh um, yeah. so what what what's been going on with Don Edwards? Where where have you been touring? And I know of course the Elko well, thing was uh, a great event. Yeah, that's a, that like I said, that's the that's the event that kind of started the whole thing, you know, and uh, all these western gatherings all started all came off of that. You know, and uh, some of them have been really successful and some haven't. But uh, we're just thankful we got the ones we got and uh, that uh, that they continue to do them, you know, because this is one of the places where people can hear this kind of thing, you know, the cowboy right. music, poetry, Western music as well. 
And uh, but I've uh, back when we were with uh, Warner Western, you know, back in the nineties, early nineteen ninety two to ninety eight or something like that. And uh, we we toured an awful lot then. Back when when that was going on, that was right in the big middle of that thing. Michael Martin Murphy had West Fest, you know, up in Colorado, and right. Uh, it was just a huge awareness of this stuff, you know. And uh, it was it was amazing. I mean, we'd travel around do do 150 dates a year, you know. And I've cut that in half. I'm oh. getting too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know? But I'll I tell got... you what, Gary, I've been blessed. I'm telling you, I mean, it just it's just be able to do what you love doing and uh, been able to meet the people you met, you know, and, and just be become friends with people. And all these people that went on, it was just, just a wonderful, fortunate thing of being in the right place at the right time, you know, for, for what we do, you know. And, and it's right. just, uh, just amazing, you know, and it's just a wonderful thing. Here's a here's a song and and uh, uh, the guys over at Western Jubilee in Colorado Springs have been great. They just sent me some of some new music uh, that I didn't have of yours, and uh, and one of the songs that they sent me uh, was that Silver Haired Daddy of Mine, and I think that was recorded live at Gene Autry's 90th birthday, and it's from your That's album right. My Hero Gene Autry. My Hero Gene Autry, uh, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a what, big influence. What was that? What was that like? I mean, you know, the 90th anniversary. How long ago was that? That was 98. Okay. And, All right. Uh, he was uh, that. That was like I said. That was his 90th birthday. Yeah. And uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was really wonderful because we had a chance to do this. Uh, my the guys, I play with, used to play with, and uh, we at the. Wells Fargo Theater, they got a wonderful little theater there. and So we did it. We just kind of recorded two live shows there and, and picked the best of the two shows and, and put them on as a, a tribute to to, uh, to Gene. And uh, it, it was a it was a wonderful, wonderful deal because uh, they, they brought him into the back of the room there for a little bit, and, uh, you know, he was in a wheelchair. And, but uh, it, it was just, you know, <laughs> you can imagine what that's like, you know, trying to sing his songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, yeah. you know, I'm glad I didn't know it until after the fact, you know. <laughs> so it was, oh, a, it was quite a, it was quite an honor, you know, to really to do that and uh, to have all the guys. My friend Pete Rowan, Peter Rowan, was uh, came in and sang with me on that song, and uh, just uh, just had a great great time doing it. And Gene was a huge influence, and I did it with uh, my hero Gene Autry was uh, funny because another big influence in my life was Marty Robbins. And uh, Marty wrote the song, you know, because he, he was a huge fan of Gene Autry as well, you know, so we kind of had that in common, you know. So Right, right. Well, uh, let's, uh, l- let's, let's play this. I, I just, uh, I mean, when I, when I listened to this, I could see Gene and Champion, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it brought back all of those old movies that... Uh, oh, really man, they were great. Yeah. They are. So let, let's listen to this. This is Don Edwards. It's this, that silver-haired daddy of mine, and it's from his album, uh, My Hero, Gene Autry. So we'll be back yeah. in just a moment. We're talking with Don Edwards, and this is Equestrian Legacy Radio. And you can't do a tribute to, to Gene without this great song.
vine-covered shack in the mountains, bravely fighting the battle of time, is a dear one who's withered life's sorrow, is that silver-haired daddy of mine. If I could recall all the heartache, dear old daddy, I've called if I could erase those lines from your face and bring back the gold to your hair, if God would but grant me the power just to turn back the pages of time, I'd give all I own if I could but atone. Uh, 
I was real honored to have Peter Rowan come by and sing it with me because it was written by Gene and Jimmy Long. And so uh, that was, that was we kind of put put the frosting on the cake, as they say. Oh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Well, what a treat that would have been to have been performing uh, at his 90th birthday. Oh, man, birthday. i tell you what, it was it was great. You know, they're all gone now pretty much. And Yeah. But it was, was like I said, about talking about having a, having a blessing, you know, is just the being where you were at that particular time and get to know those guys, you know. I mean, it was because they were the, you know, I was a little kid going to the movie theater, you know, watching yeah. them. You know, and yeah. I never dreamed the time would come when I'd make a, actually make a record with the last of the singing cowboys, Rex Allen, you know. And well, he really you know, wasn't, he was next to the last because the last singing cowboy in the movie is still alive. Now, who's that? At 100 years old. And his name is Herb Jeffries, and he was wonderful. Oh, he was, he, he was uh, uh, made several Western movies back in the 30s and early 40s, and he, he was just great. He became uh, the the featured singer with, uh, you know, with the... Uh, the big bands, you know, and and he was just he was just absolutely fantastic, and still is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, the, talking about Rex Allen, there was a there was a uh, uh, YouTube video that I found a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh-huh. of a song that the two of you did together, and it was called I believe the name of it was the the Bridal on the Wall or Oh yeah, that was a Carson Robinson song, you know, and. He could never figure out how we knew these people, you know, and he'd always say, well, how do you know that? You know, <laughs> I think I was just, just a kid. I was, you know, well, I was younger than him, but I mean, but but he, he never could figure out that, you know, how I, I should, uh, Rex, you know, we just love this music and, you know, love all you guys. And we, that's how we grew up playing your songs, you know, and stuff like that. And But Carson Robinson, he was great. I mean, he was another great songwriter and he wrote uh, Going Back to Texas and, Oh gosh, lots of songs, and he uh, he he happened to write that song. At Rex it was funny because we were just sitting in a studio, and with with four musicians, and we uh, were talking, and uh, we just talked back and forth, and he'd tell a story or something, you know, and we'd just you know we just loved his stories, you know, that he'd tell you, and right. he'd just all of a sudden he'd just come out with something, you know, he said, wait, hey, do you know Bridal hanging on the wall? I said, well, you betcha. <laughs> And he'd look at you and say, how do you know that song, you know? Oh, <laughs> I just, well, gosh. Like, you know, just goes on and on. But we, if it wasn't for a, a, a guy by the name of Snuff Garrett, he put that together. He was really close with all the singing cowboys, and that was uh, he was the head of Liberty Records for many years. And uh, if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't have never come together. Because uh, right. he, he asked Rex, he says, Uncle Rex, he said, uh, would you be interested in doing a record with Don? And... He said, why, sure, I'd be happy to do that, you know. <laughs> so, I said, wow, there he is, 80 years old, comes out of retirement, you know, to make a record with me. Well, it was great, yeah. and, and uh, it seemed that there were a lot of folks that had lost their longtime horse partners. Uh, oh. You know, the, you know, folks that lost their horses, they were in their 20s and 30s, and, and I found that, that uh, video and posted that thing, and it just kind oh, of really? spread all yeah, it spread all oh, over great. Facebook, and people were saying, you know, you really know how to bring the tears out, you know. After oh man, I know it. <laughs> well, that was really something. He's looking across the microphone from me. We're sitting and look, looking at each other, you know, in the studio, and he uh, he says, "You don't mind if I say co- uh, Coco in here, do you?" And I, gosh, I said, "You know, that guy choked <laughs> up." <laughs> so, well, you know, Rockle Rex, this is, you know, couldn't have, I wouldn't have had it any other way, you know. 
Oh goodness, goodness. Well, it's a great song. Another good friend of yours, and you've 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 really done uh, justice to his music has been uh, Marty Robbins, and we talked yeah, about he, him. He was a huge influence, you know, because he 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 was like I was like uh, liked what he did because he 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 didn't adhere to anything, you know. I mean, like if he didn't like something, he didn't play it, you know. And yeah. he sang, you know, he sang. You know, fifties rock and roll. He sang, you know, cowboy. He loved cowboy music, you know. Uh, right. And and of course, you know, his country hits. I mean, he's huge. You know, a big star. You know. But the thing about him was that he he loved all that different kinds of music. Hawaiian music. He loved that. And uh, but you know, when he did that famous what they call the El Paso sessions, you know, in Nashville. Right. Uh, in uh, April of nineteen fifty nine. Uh, he. He recorded a lot of cowboy songs. I mean, Little Joe the Wrangler, when the work's all done this fall. And plus, he recorded, of course, El Paso, you know, on that session. That's why they called it the El Paso Sessions. Right. And uh, what came out of that was the Master's Call, which I'd I'd known since then. I mean, when that first came out, I I mean, I loved it. I loved El Paso, too, but I, I really loved that, the Master's Call, you know. And uh, but but that was that was really something because he did uh, he he did a lot of those that's the beginning of those gunfighter ballads. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know he did a couple volumes of those and he just uh, he loved those stories and he loved those songs and you know he just mixed the new with the old you know. Well, and he was a great influence. You know, I I, I think I shared with you that I lived in El Paso, Texas, about I don't know two or three years. And um, they had the uh, uh, Marty Robbins Park that they'd named after him because they yeah. he just made he made El Paso famous. I mean, it he was, really did. Yeah, he it, <laughs> he, he put sure them on did. the map. Lee yeah. Trevino and Lee Trevino and Lee uh, Trevino, Marty yeah. Robbins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, music and music and golf was a strange combination, but uh, yeah. but great stuff. And Master's Call is a great song, and uh, and we want to share that because you just do a, an amazing job with this. And um, I mentioned before when you were on that uh, TNN special, you did that song, Master's Call, and got a standing ovation. Yeah, on the on the, uh, the oh man, that was a great that was a great show. I'll tell you what, that still is. I mean, that that is just just fantastic show. The family reunion. And, uh, they're just such wonderful people, you know, just yeah. just amazing. And Bill Anderson just handles that so well. I mean, I can't think of anybody that could be a better MC than he is. I well, mean, to, you know, to coordinate that show when you've got that many people all oh, laughing wow. and talking and telling jokes and, I mean, you know, to control it, it's amazing. Well, it's it's just a fun show, but uh, but you did this uh, on there. I think, I think, do I remember correctly that you and uh, Larry Gatlin kind of did El Paso in the back room? Or yeah, they, they were going around the back backstage and you know just filming everybody talking and wandering around and we were we were singing it together. That was that was pretty good, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time, you know. Well, it was it was a great show, yeah. and uh, but this is a this is a terrific song, and uh, we want to share that with our audience. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more with Don. But this is uh, Master's Call. It was written by Marty Robbins and uh, performed for you today by Don Edwards. And we'll be right back on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Well, 
lightning rolled in hoops and circles and rain and sheets was coming down. Thunder rattled through the gulches as the hoofbeats shook the ground. And cowhands rode hell for leather begging God for the break of day. A stampede beat the best camp meeting when it come to getting men to pray. I was but a young man, I was wild and full of fire. A youth within my teens and full of challenge and desire. Ran away from home and left my mother and my dad. Grieved them so to think that their only boy was bad. I fell in with an outlaw band, the names are known quite well. How many times we robbed and plundered, I could never tell. This kind of sinful living will lead only to a fall. I learned that much and more the night I heard my master call. One night we rustled cattle, a thousand head or so. Started them out on the trail that leads to Mexico. A norther started blowing, lightning flashed about. I thought someone was calling me, I thought I heard a shout. And at that moment lightning struck not twenty yards from me. And left there was a giant cross where once there was a tree. This time I knew I'd heard a voice, a voice so sweet and plain. A voice that came from everywhere, a voice that called my name. So frightened I was thinking of the sinful deeds I'd done. I failed to see the thousand head of cattle start to run. The cattle all stampeded and were running all around. My pony ran but stumbled and he threw me to the ground. I felt the end was nearing, that death would be the price. When a mighty bolt of lightning showed the face of Jesus Christ. I cried, oh Lord, forgive me, don't let it happen now. I want to live for you alone, and God, these words I vow. My wicked life unfolded, and I thought of wasted years. As another bolt of lightning killed a hundred head of steers. The others rushed on by me, but I was left to live. For the master had a reason life was his to take or give. A miracle performed that night, I wasn't meant to die. The dead ones formed a barricade, at least six or seven high. And right behind it there was I, afraid but safe and sound. I cried and begged for mercy, kneeling there upon the ground. A pardon I was granted, my sinful soul set free. No more to fear the angry waves upon life's stormy sea. Forgiven by the love of God, a love that will remain. I gave my life and soul the night the Savior called my name. I gave my life and soul the night the Savior called my
Don Edwards and the Master's Call, and just a just a great song, just a great song, and so really well is. done. Thank you. And well, just it's it's just a tremendous song, and we want to share that with folks. Um, so, Don, you know, we, we want to remind folks again that you're going to be up at uh, Pigeon Forge beginning on the 20th in Tennessee at the LeConte Center, and that's for the Saddle Up Western Gathering that they have there, and it's going to be a great, great event. And um, so this is, what, about the sixth or seventh time that you've done this one? I believe it's, it's somewhere in that vicinity, yes. You know, we went yeah. to several of the very first ones and then kind of, didn't go for a while, and then came back, you know, a few year, a couple of years ago, and then uh, back again. So that this year, and I'm really looking forward to that. It is a great gathering. I appreciate you uh, promoting that for us and trying to get people out there. You know, that uh, they've, they've done well though. The, the crowds have been good, and uh, we just love going there. So well, it's it's going to be a great event, and so much talent there at one spot for the people that are back in the eastern part of the country to be able to enjoy. Uh, you'll be there. Belinda Gale will be there. Red Stiegel will be there. It's just going to be a lot of fun, and people need to go ahead and, and uh, get their tickets for that. Yeah, you bet. And, make, make plans to come. They won't regret it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've got a, you've got your most recent album is uh, one called Just Me and My Guitar, and you yeah. were telling me just a minute ago a little bit <laughs> of the history of that, and let's share that with the audience. Who wrote that? That uh, the the actual title of it uh, came from a. In fact, there was two people. Marty Robbins did one and called just me and my guitar. Uh-huh. And a lot of people don't know it, but Hank Williams did the same thing. Wow. And they were, he demoed them, and and he's got one of the greatest versions of Cool Water I've ever heard in my life. And if you ever not, didn't ever hear Hank Williams sing Cool Water, you're in for a treat if you look it up. I'll have to try that one. It is amazing how how good that is that he does. And because uh, he sings it with that, you know, like like it's supposed to be, you know, not real fast. It's slow, you know, and it's kind of a, it's, like Bob Nolan says, that's not a happy song. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not. I actually, I have the uh, I have the Sons of the Pioneers uh, right. Cool Water version. Yeah, yeah and that's what uh, that's what Bob Nolan, the guy that wrote the song, he said he 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 even said the same thing. He said he, not that he didn't like it, the Pioneers did. He says we did it a little too fast. You know, uh-huh. he said, but Hank Williams nailed it. He said, <laughs> I'll have to find that one. I'll have yeah. to find that one. But, it really uh, is. It's amazing. Yeah, well, we want people to uh, to check out your new album, Just Me and My Guitar. And yeah. uh, where can they order that? Uh, well, actually, uh, from from us, from right here in uh, uh, DonEdwardsMusic.com. Okay. And it comes on, and we can you can buy it that way, you know. And, all right. Uh, they've got all this new technology out that I'm not aware, not very <laughs> well versed in. And so, uh, but uh, we also sell it at, uh, at uh, CD Baby, you know, that okay. online deal. Right. And uh, right. yeah, they can buy it there or directly from us. Okay. All right. So DonEdwardsMusic.com. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. All right, DonEdwardsMusic.com or CD Baby and pick up the uh, the latest album, Just Me and My Guitar. And um, also you can go to iTunes, I think, and, and order uh, some of the music that we've played today there uh, as well. Right. So uh, I would encourage folks to do that. And uh, later this month you're going to be 
back in Oklahoma City, I believe. And what yes. is that event? That event is uh, that Rich Digo put together, and uh, we do a audiovisual uh, thing. That's a show with the with the great paintings and and, and uh, photographs and things like that. And uh, we have myself, uh, Dan Roberts, and Gene Prescott, and Red, and myself, and uh, the boys in the bunkhouse. His group of musicians that are, you know, as good as it ever gets. And uh, we do the show uh, in Oklahoma City, and then the very next night we do it at the uh, Will Rogers Center in Fort Worth. Wow. And so, yeah, it's the same show, but we we do them, one in Oklahoma City and one in uh, Fort Worth. Okay, so people yeah. have an opportunity to, to visit either one of those venues and Right. And uh, enjoy some great music there as well. So uh, we well, encourage I'll be back east again that. after that, about the eighth or ninth of March. Going to be in Georgia. Uh huh. Carter's is that Cartersville? Uh, I believe that's right. I believe that's right. We, we do it's want a, folks outside to... of uh, Atlanta, and okay. they have a ga- that they have a cowboy gathering there, and that's what we're playing. All right. We'll encourage so, people to put that on their calendar. They can go to your website. Right. And, and check exactly. your schedule and see where you're going to be appearing. And uh, and I encourage people, if you get an opportunity to hear Don uh, live and in person, you really need to do that because he's just a great entertainer and and uh, and does a great show. And, uh, of course, here in, in uh, Tennessee this week coming up, you can visit uh, Pigeon Forge and, and see him there. So, Don, I, I just I appreciate you so much. It's always well, such a you, joy Jay. to talk to you. Uh, wish Kathy a happy birthday. I think that's next week. That's right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you well, we've 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 got to we've got to take care of these ladies because they sure take care of us, don't they? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Wish her a happy birthday, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again. Look forward to having you back on the show. And well, thanks, uh, you're, you're, you're just always a joy. And so uh, we're going to close our segment out with a, a great song. And, and, Don, how did Coyotes come about? How was this song? That was, that was an amazing thing that happened. It was uh, That song was back when we were on Warner Western, about 92. Uh-huh. Uh, Bob McDill, the great songwriter, you're probably well aware of Bob McDill, uh-huh. one of the greatest songwriters in Nashville, and uh, he came to the studio with this song, and he said, I had nowhere to go with it. He said, I wrote it one day while I was in my office, and I was writing songs, of course, to pitch to di- different people, you know, to record and stuff, and he said, I knew nobody had ever recorded this, but I just happened to write it, and I, and I threw it in my drawer and never thought about it till you guys came to town. You know, all these years later, I wrote it back in 1984 and never never even looked at it again. And, I mean, it, it just hit me. When he played that demo in the control room, it was amazing. I said, this is an unbelievable song. You know, I said, i got to do this song. <laughs> and so uh, I, re- I recorded it, and the rest is history. If, if there's any one song that I'm kind of associated with in that sense, it's that. Well, it's in a great fact, song. In fact, you know, it was in a movie called Grizzly Man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, about, uh, you know, Timothy Treadwell that uh, was, you know, killed by the grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. But that was his favorite song. I mean, you wow. never know where your music's going, you know, or who's listening to it. That's and, right. Uh, 
we come to find out Werner Herzog produced this movie, this documentary, and uh, he had no idea who I was from a man on the moon, you know. But uh, he said that was Timothy's favorite song, and he sang it morning, noon, and night, walking around, talking to the bears <laughs> and the animals, and he says he sang that song. <laughs> oh wow! So I said, "Well, wow, I'm pretty flattered by that, you know." Oh, <laughs> so that's great. Uh, yeah, that it's quite great. it's quite the deal. But like I said, the you know, probably that's the song that I'm most associated with. Well, it's a great song, and oh, it's uh, a wonderful. Song. And so we're we're gonna we're gonna play out this segment of the show with Coyotes, but Don Edwards and Don. Cool. Thank you again so much for joining us on the show. Always love talking with you. Well, thanks, Gary. Really appreciate you having me on with you. Good to talk right, to you t- again. Good okay. to talk to you. Talk with you soon. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Don Edwards and Coyotes, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Dutch Henry. Cowboy I knew in South Texas His face was burnt deep by the sun In part history, part sage, and part Mexican He was there when Pancho Villa was young And he'd tell you a tale of the old days When the country was wild all around Sit out under the stars and he'd listen while the coyotes stay howl. They go, ooh yep, ooh yep, ooh, ooh yep, ooh yep, ooh, ooh yep, ooh yep, ooh, ooh yep, ooh yep, ooh. Now the Longhorns have gone, and the drovers have gone, the Comanche is gone. The outlaws have gone, and Geronimo's gone, and Sam Bass is gone, and the Red Wolf is gone, and the Buffalo's gone. This ain't no place for an hombre like I am In this new world of asphalt and steel Then he'd look off some place in the distance That's something only he could see And he'd say all that's left now of the old days Are them damned old coyotes and me And they go Ooh, 
Now the Longhorns have gone And the Drovers have gone And the Comanche's gone And the Outlaws have gone And Geronimo's gone Stan Watty is gone And the Red Wolf is gone And the Buffalo's gone Disappeared without even a word And that night as the moon crossed the mountain One more coyote was heard Equestrian Legacy Radio, and we're happy to have joining us now Mr. Dutch Henry. Uh, Dutch has everybody waking up in the morning with his coffee clutch blog, and people just have a smile on their face when they read this. He's also an author. He's written a book called We'll Have the Summer, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. He's a freelance writer, and notably uh, with Trailblazer Magazine. So Dutch, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for the invite. Well, I'm just after, so glad to uh, have you. After listening to Don there, I sort of feel like I ought to sing you guys a ballad, but I think I'll spare you that. <laughs> well, if you feel like singing a little bit later, then that'll be okay. Just uh, just let nice me know. Thing about writing is no, nice thing about writing is you can edit and uh, do it in private, and, and no one can hear if your voice cracks. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Have you ever have you ever thought about writing uh uh music? Um, I have actually, and I think that's a pretty different talent. Um, there's a couple horse story tales floating around in my head that I think should be um put into a song and a couple times I actually Especially after I met Marianne, Marianne uh-huh. Kennedy, I actually thought about writing a song about a about a horse of mine and seeing if she would do it. And I never never could get the lyrics off the ground that would sound like a song. You know, stories. When we write stories, we have a lot more latitude with where we're going with our sentences and our cadences and things. But right. yeah, I have actually thought about. It. <laughs> well, well, we may we may have something to look forward to. Marianne may, Marianne may encourage you on that a little bit. So she's a she she's a great writer, a great singer, and we love Marianne and love having her on the show, and uh, uh, just a good friend of both of us. So, uh, but let's talk a little bit about Dutch and and uh, you and I chatted a little bit the other day. Uh, right. Let's talk. Let's introduce our audience to you that may not be familiar with you and. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your horse background and how your interest in horses came about, and then we'll go from there into your writing. But uh, give us a little of your background. 
Well, uh, I had a pretty different kind of childhood when I was a when I was a little kid. My my mom died, and then my my dad remarried, and my stepmother. Um, I was born with a condition called neurofibromatosis, and it gave me some uh, different looks. And uh, my stepmother didn't want to really see that, so I spent from the ages of about 7 to 10 locked in the room. And then when I was about 10, they decided they'd drop me off on a farm. And uh, that's where I really got connection with nature and wildlife and even horses. There was a couple couple heavy horses there, and I can remember sitting in their stall one of the early days. And I was just a little tight then, of course. And I can remember the first time sitting in their stall, that that was the first time in my memorable life that I felt safe and welcome. And I didn't know it then, but that's the first time the spirit of the horse touched me. And uh-huh. I think that stayed with me forever. Um, and then later in life, I, when I had horses of my own as an, as an adult, I had the good fortune of meeting a fantastic woman, Diane Sept, who's a horse trainer and sort of a very motivational person. And just uh, I worked with her for a number of years helping to rehabilitate horses from the show ring. Uh-huh. And uh, I learned learned a lot from her about horses, horses biomechanics, um, actually how to communicate with them, uh, how to understand their feelings. And uh, I always say that uh, everything good I know about horses, Diane taught me, and everything good I know about life, my wife taught me. Oh, that's great. But, uh, so I was with Diane for a while, a um, number of years. I mean, we, I had to, just as luck would have it, we we actually only lived a couple miles apart. Um, and uh, then we moved down here to Virginia. Uh, I got to writing, and that's when I wrote. We can backtrack to the novels then. I wrote some stuff. But I was, my health was what it was and is, and I was kind of just writing and learning how to write. And then I started writing what I like to call my people and horses, helping horses and people stories. I like right. to tell happy stories. I like to, my thought is we should send as much happiness out to the universe as we can and maybe we'll be able to blanket the negative. Uh, one of the phrases that I learned from Diane when when working with horses, when you're rehabilitating horses, a lot of them are sad and internalizing their pain and bad things, but a lot of them are angry and uh-huh. they'll strike out at you um, and they'll and they'll mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the phrases that I learned from her doesn't just work with horses, it works in life, but ignore the negative and celebrate the positive. And that's how, how I kind of like to live, and I kind of like to write my stories that way, thinking that if we send enough good out in the universe, maybe by ignoring the negative and celebrating the positive, the negative might get less. Right, right. Um, my own mayor now, that my mayor now, Kessie, that I have, and write about often. Um, when I got her, she had she she's very negative, um, and she had an issue. She was a biter. She she just as happily bites you as look at you. And it took about 
18 months for that to totally go away. And in 18 months, she only ever got disciplined once. I just uh-huh. it away. But uh, so that so I started writing my stories, and then I kind of was freelancing for different magazines, trying to get them published. And, and that's something anybody that thinks they want to write stories and get them published, you should do it and just try it and just write and just keep trying. Because by trying and getting rejections, and sometimes you'll be fortunate enough to have the rejections accompanied with constructive criticism. Other times you'll just not hear anything or just get a no. Right. But right. when you get the construction, it's sort of like watching Dancing with the Stars. When the judges give that criticism, they're not knocking the dancers down. They're building them up. And that's exactly what you see with your rejection notices when they come to you. They're not knocking you down. They're building, take them to heart. Save those letters and read them and put it into your writing and better your writing. So anyway, I was working on these stories and getting some regional publications to publish my stories about therapeutic writing centers, special horses, um, rescues, Mustang facilities, whatever I could write about that fit in my category, people and horses, helping horses and people. Right. And then I started visiting some therapeutic riding centers. And back, I ride so I can walk. I know about the therapeutic properties of riding and the importance of it firsthand, um, in addition to just seeing it. But uh, I started getting out in these therapeutic riding centers and I noticed that the horses weren't as happy as we thought they might be even though well fed, well housed, well cared for but a lot of them had that same look in their eyes as tired show horses Um, Mm -hmm. and some of the same personalities I was actually at a therapeutic riding center where they muzzled a couple of the horses to tack them up because they bit so bad. Wow. So I called Diane. Now I'm living in Virginia now and at that time, and I am now, and Diane's still, of course, up in Pennsylvania. And I called her, and I and we hadn't spoken for a while. I mean, I came down here, and I was out of sorts a bit, and, and I hadn't spoken to Diane for a while. And I called her up and told her what I was seeing, and, and I'll never forget. She said, oh, my, yes. Lesson horses and therapy horses are martyrs by their very nature of giving of themselves to help others. They internalize their discomfort and they break their own bodies down. Wow. And I, and that struck me um, pretty hard. Uh, and so we, over the course of the next month or so, we chatted about stuff and, and I, I had learned the, programs of Peggy Cummings and Connected Riding, Connected Groundwork, and Linda Tellington-Jones from Diane over the years that we were working there, and a lot of Sally Swift stuff. So together, Diane and I put our heads together and came up with what I now call Therapy therapy Horses Clinics. And it's a series of just a few very easy-to-do exercises based on both Peggy Cummings and Linda Tellington-Jones. Um, for the horses to help them achieve correct body posture, body carriage, cleanse their brain, you know, cleanse some baggage out. You have to think about therapy horses every day. They're getting 
several, if not many, people riding them with personal demands of help. And horses uh-huh. are very in tune to our human spirit, so the horses give. Well, they need to have that. They need to have that cleansed. They need to have a refresher. So then I started with with Diane's help. I put this little clinic together, and then what I started doing was um, offering free clinics, and I still do, not too many now, but free clinics for therapeutic riding centers to teach the volunteers the really basis, basics of these exercises that they can continue and help their horses. Um, and it means a lot. And the people that do it and, and devote themselves to doing it, there I get emails, you know, how their horses have changed and how this is just – and you can see the change. These exercises are so simple and so basic but so fundamentally important. You can see the change in the horse in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, you can see it, and, and never once have I ever been at a clinic where the people didn't comment how different the horses were by the end of the clinic. And the people are doing it themselves. I walk around and show them, or hobble around and show them what to do and put their hands and show them the touch. But um, it was Diane's genius that picked the exercises that we do. So I'm real well, pleased about that. Well, and, you know, we, we, we talked a bit about that, and, and uh, we want to talk more about that because we are going to have to have you come back on the show again. We just we ran over, and uh, uh, I told you we could talk an hour about different things. But a couple of the things that uh, I know a lot of our audience is familiar with you is uh, the Coffee Clutch and that blog that you do. And, of course, you're on Facebook and have – a lot of fans there, but how did the coffee clutch come about, and uh, what kind of results are you seeing from that? The coffee clutch is kind of funny. It wasn't my idea. Um, I, 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 none of this was my idea. <laughs> I, I went on Facebook. I, I don't remember what year, but my first novel, um, I wrote a trilogy first called Tom Named by Horse. And that was my practice trilogy, which, by the way, hint, hint, is now in the hands of my publisher. I never thought it would get published, but they're reviewing it to see if that might come out. And that's set in the Indian Territory, 1850 to 1910. And, okay. Uh, the, the three books. Uh, the first book stops in 1865. But anyway, that was that was my introduction to when I wrote the first book. I knew, by golly, like we all do when we write a book, the, this is going to be published, this is going to be a movie, and this is going to be a bestseller, and hot dog, we're off. <laughs> of course, then you start sending out your query letters, and you find out how just awful you are. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, but I learned that's a lot. Take, I had, I had, yeah. I just started well, saying that's what you take. And I, yeah. and I had some agents write back. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. I, was I had some that's agents write you, back for the price. That's the learning process. That's the learning process. That's right. right. And I had some agents give me, real, like I said before, some really good advice. Well, I gave up on those three, and I was kind of just thinking, and I wanted, to, I wanted to write a love story. I wanted to write a story of a long, enduring love that is an uncommon long, and, and, and I did, and that's what we'll have the summer is. Okay. And that really is quite a book, and and then, and at that, and then I was going to not give up till I got an agent. And I got an agent, and she said, "You must have a physical, you must have a social presence, or you're not going to get a publisher." And I didn't have a social presence then. And she said, 
you got to start a blog, you got to start a website, you got to do, you got to get on Twitter, you got to do. And I said, well, I can do Facebook. Robin, my wife, Robin showed me Facebook. I, I can do Facebook, that, but that's as far as I'm going. So I did Facebook, and I had a lot of horsey friends because um, I had also written for another horse organization for their website and for their newsletters and stuff. So I started, you know, contacting and my website and my got a lot of Facebook friends and I one of the things I do every morning is I have coffee with my mayor Kathy. I go out, I uh-huh. take my thermos and I do my stuff and then I sit there and she's in a run in, she's not in a stall. Um and we sit there and she eats her hay and I drink my coffee and I watch the morning start and I think and whatever. And uh I started jotting down our occurrences during coffee clutch about the birds or her or the chickens or the leaves or the rain or the snow or the, and my thoughts wrote, wrote one of the most viewed blogs was actually first on the Facebook page and it was about a stump in the woods and I wrote a story about that <laughs> and uh, so it got it got pretty a lot of people really liked it, and it gets, you know, you just get, and then a couple people said you need to start a blog because when you do it on Facebook, they go away, um, and no, you know, people, there's no way to really track them down and find them. And a couple people got a couple Facebook friends whom I still never met. And one of them actually has passed away. Anthony Wheeler was really the driving force behind it, and he's he's no longer with us. But uh, never met him. He was out in California, but uh, so we did, and then. Um, because we were always talking about coffee in the morning, uh, a couple people said, well, it needs to be called the Coffee coffee Clutch. Um, and that's how that came about. And that's how the blog came about. Oh, wow. Well, um, I know I know people look forward to uh, to reading that every day. And uh, and you've got a tremendous number of folks that are following you on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm one of them. And, uh, and certainly okay. enjoy reading your blog and your stories. And you're doing a series, I think, is it on Pop or Grandpop? Right Grandpa. Now. Grandpa. Grandpa. Grandpa is one of my alter egos. I try never to say anything. I absolutely positively never want to say anything political or preachy on the blog. It's just, you know, I do a lot of, I do a lot, uh, I try to share a lot about of the wisdom that Diane gave me about horses and natural horse care. I do, that's one of the three stools um, right. of three legs on the stool of, of, of my of my blog. But um every now and then there's stuff I just gotta say. And the first time I the first time we ever visited Grandpa and Grandpa has quite a following. <laughs> Grandpa uh first time I ever did anything about him was the story was called Perhaps I Just Lived Too Long. And it's <laughs> not unlike some of the knowledge that Don was singing. <laughs> right. 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 But uh and and back to my childhood, I have an uncle, Uncle Ed. He's down in Texas, Dalhart, Texas, but he was in Pennsylvania my whole life. He was born in 1914 or something like that, and he cowboyed till he went away to World War II down there in Texas. Then when he came home from World War II, moved up to Pennsylvania and met my mom, my real mom's sister, married her, and, and he's just one of the sweetest, gentlest, most wonderful men in the world. And uh, uh, Grandpa is modeled a lot after Uncle Ed. 
Okay. Um, well, I, I want to I want to encourage people to go and visit Facebook and like you on Facebook, uh, and to follow your blog. You. Um, and again, I'm going to apologize because we have just we ran over this morning and we're running out running short on time right now. But I'm going to offer an invitation, extend an invitation <laughs> to you now, and uh, uh, would love to. Ha- Can you come back on the 27th in two weeks? Uh, sure, I reckon. All right. Well, I'm going sure. to hold you that. We've got you on air committing now, so you've committed on air to join us on the 27th. <laughs> and uh, I know there are a lot of folks that wanted to call in and talk with you. Uh, we want to talk about your book. We want to talk about a lot of things that we just have run out of time to do today, and I hate that. But uh, I promise on the 27th we're well, going to have some, a lot of were time. Some certainly more notable people ahead <clears throat> of me here today. Well, I've you know you're part of my dream team show, so I want to have you come back, and so we want to do that, and uh, and we'll look forward to having you on the 27th. And again, thank you for hanging on the line and and joining us today. But we're going to spend more time talking with you, and so we'll look forward, and and I'll be in touch with you between now and then. But we'll plan on the 27th. So Dutch, right. thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. You betcha. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Well, yeah. we've, we've had a we've had a great show. Uh, again, we want to talk with Dutch Moore because he just has some great stories to tell, and we want to do that. Uh, but we're, we've run short of time today. Uh, great show with Belinda Gale and Don Edwards and Dutch Henry. You've been listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, and we encourage you to join us every Thursday at noon Central Time where we'll talk more horses and more music with horse people. Uh, you can listen to our shows uh, in a podcast after the show is aired and go back and listen to any of the shows you may have missed. So you've been listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, and we remind you, if you climb in the saddle, get ready for the ride. Thanks for listening. My cowboy wash like a horse, why he wins, bathing every part of me in the best of all the him. Somehow, when we're together, we're more than each could be. My heart has wings. Oh, how it sings when he washes over me. In the early light of morning, as out to the herd we ride, then he'll run him north and leave me here alone to face the dawn. So I drink him in with thirsty eyes to last me while he's gone. An aching and a longing Every cowboy's wife is known
Just a man. 